Well, shit, dude, it has kind of been feeling a little bit like summer lately. Uh, welcome back to Gumbo, your favorite podcast for everything fantasy football and otherwise. What to do? Uh, dude, last couple days, honestly, though, been a little cold, been a little rainy up here in Minnesota, but honestly, it was nice like a week or so ago. About a week ago? About a week ago. Yeah, Yo, you know who I really liked about a week ago and I like even more now? Who's that, bro? There's been a ton of reports about Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, Jalen Tolbert out of the Dallas. Yeah, um, If you guys listen to the show, you know how big we were on JT um, a few weeks back, you know, like right before the draft. He ended up in Dallas. He's going to probably be the number two this year. You think so? I kind of, so the way that I look at it, I mean, if it... If it were to kind of work in the way that I think, at least, okay, I would assume he'd probably be the three or the four, honestly, at least this year, so, just because they have Michael Gallup still. Who's hurt? Yeah, he's hurt, but he'll be coming back. I think he'll be coming back in full swing by the season come, and I think just because he is a veteran to an extent, and he knows the offense, and he knows Dak. He just slots right in. I think that he just fulfills that Amari role right away. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I mean, they do just have, uh, they just, uh, got James Washington on a one-year deal. So, who I think as a veteran and I mean, because he has fucking huge ass hands, I think that he could also fill in to be uh two or three. So the interesting thing about Michael Gallup is that he tore his ACL in January of this year. Yeah. So we're talking about an ACL recovery. He injured it this year. Yeah. It'd be about nine months. Yeah. So we're talking, he's probably going to miss the first month of the year. I'm going to pr- go ahead and just rule him out the first three to four weeks. Possibly. I, th- I mean, like, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I mean, I, I don't disagree. I just, what I'm looking at it, man, I just feel like wide receivers nowadays, I mean, people are expecting um James uh, Jameson Williams to be ready uh, by week one almost. No way. Some people are expecting it, dude, and... I think because they tore theirs around the same period, I think I think you'd honestly see both of them come back around week three, honestly. Because they're projecting Jameson to come back at the earliest in late September or early October, but the season starts right after Labor Day? Yeah, I think uh, week one is usually around like that first week of September, yeah. So realistically, it's like a week four, week five return time. They're not going to rush it in the first month because it's so early and that's such high-end talent. But month two, we could talk about a return for Jamison Williams or Michael Gallup. But I'm well, not a- I think both. I think both are, should be ready. I mean, I'm not too sure about Michael Gallup just because I haven't really been paying attention too much to his recovery. Yeah, but I do know, like when we were following Jameson Williams for the draft, like I, I kept seeing reports of him being, you know, like months ahead of schedule, like he was recovering really well so early, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, like I understand that once they get like full pads on everything like that, it might be a little different, and you're gonna want to test and evaluate that before you put out a fucking Ferrari True. out on the playing See, field. So. And that was the thing about Jameson Williams' injury is when he initially got injured the uh, orthopedic surgeon who did the procedure said that it wasn't as severe as some other ones that you know he's seen yeah um he said that typically the acl recovery time period is about nine months yep but williams could probably do it in five to seven months which would put him 
Well, damn near in the midst. Yeah, he'd be in the midst of like preseason. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. So maybe I'm maybe I'm stretching a little bit on Michael Gallup. Maybe he had more of a nasty tear. Who I guess a normal I could, ACL tear. Yeah, tear, yeah. You know. So and maybe Jameson. Maybe he got a little lucky. And so yeah, like like his uh, uh, surgeon has said, maybe he's looking more of an early return. Yeah. But. Nonetheless, I think both are going to return, and I'm not even sure how we got on my, uh, to Jameson Williams. Well, I think we were talking about... Um, uh, yeah, similar injuries and whatnot at the same period. Similar injuries, but that kind of kind of brings me back to Michael Gallup's time period. So, if he's going to estimate to be out for around nine months, mm-hmm. so realistically going probably into l- the later section of September yeah, as so earliest... Like, so like week four, week five, you week see four, more, week five ish. Yeah. But Jalen Tolbert is somebody who can have an amazing camp, which it sounds like he's already kind of getting a hot start to. Definitely um, heard he's lighting it up in OTAs. Yeah, he can easily get in there in the first month, kind of show what he's got. Yep, make some impact plays, help the Cowboys. You know, off to a smooth offensive start for sure. And that's going to earn him play because Michael Gallup is is he in a contract year this year? I think so. Yeah, he should be coming up on a contract year, I believe, which. Obviously, with his injury, it's going to probably hinder that a bit for yeah. when he goes and signs again somewhere. But, yeah, I think he's on a contract year. And I think, I mean, it wouldn't be hard to th- uh, see Jalen Tolbert step into that role next year. Like, don't get me wrong. Oh, he's got time. I mean. Or I'm sorry. You, well, if you look at Jalen. Hmm. Michael Gallup just signed a new contract with the Cowboys just to interrupt and say he is not in the contract year he's this is the first year of a five-year deal dang well hey that means our boy just got paid he just got paid and so that's good for him man i just think at the end of the day that's going to be a really really good big three that they have then going mm-hmm. forward i think yeah so i think at least for this year i could i could see Jalen tolbert being like that four mm-hmm. and james washington just being a veteran probably playing more of like a slot role mm-hmm. yeah um, just a guy kind of yeah you know just going out there getting receptions getting dak out of weird situations type stuff i and think i think Jalen tolbert could probably fit in next year as that three slot guy maybe even put him out wide who really knows shoot dude i mean if he doesn't pop off this year he's already 23 that mm-hmm. means he's going to be 24 going into next season. Yeah. And, I mean, stuff just kind of gets a little weird at that point. But, nonetheless, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I have a lot of faith in Jalen, for sure. And if you don't have him, and if you haven't drafted yet, obviously you have no chance of having or If you have James Washington, you should be aware of Jalen Tolbert because that's who he's fighting with to get starting reps next year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Like, he... If James Washington is a really talented receiver, he has hands the size of helmets. Yeah. But he's someone where he's probably going to have to be the third option because they just paid Michael Gallup so much money. Right. And, well, James Washington, he's only on a one-year deal. So, I think that's why he's kind of just like a filler for this year. We'll see what happens with them, kind of. Like, he has to show out this year to get another deal. But I think, yeah, I think Jay... I think Jalen Tolbert is primed to be a top three wide receiver on that team next year. I think this yeah. year is going to be more of like a learning role, getting into the offense, mm-hmm. getting comfortable with Dak. And then I think I think the year after, I think it's kind of all systems go. Yep. I think so, too. I think he's someone that you should stash on the bench, go get him for cheap, don't pay third rounder, second rounder, first rounder well, for him. Well, shoot, like, even, you can play that guy some, with uh, some games, like, let's say like, they're playing, like, the Giants, 
Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he had, like, a blow-up this game or blow-up game this year against the Giants because it seems like their defense is always a little bit uh, lackluster on the uh, D-back on. You know? All it takes is one touchdown. Exactly, yeah. If he one pops out for, like, an 80-yard fucking TD like the Cowboys are known to do, like, that's dank. One touchdown catch can be potentially 16 points. Yeah, it absolutely could. Regardless of league you play in. I mean, assuming, obviously, you know, you get six points for a touchdown and yards and all that kind of stuff. But, right. Like, that's where receivers just are a better bet sometimes than running backs are um, in terms of just sleepers and floaters and stuff like that. But it's also a reason why I think James Washington has the potential to show what he's about, make tough catches, help that offense become better, and hopefully sign a deal there with Dak Prescott. And uh, find a find a role for himself. So well, I mean, now that you bring up some sleepers, you know, I've kind of compiled a list a little bit. There are people that I'm in on. There are people that mm-hmm. I'm on the fence about. So like, I could see them kind of either popping off and being like true, like either uh, productive down the line, or at least you know, at least having a serviceable role on my bench. Mm-hmm. And there's also some people that, like, I'm kind of just, like, completely out on, like, don't give me any of the stock. I don't want none of it type shit, you know? I I don't know. Most of these people are, like, within, like, the two to three year range. And so the first person that I would say that I'm kind of, I'm really high on right now at least is KJ Hamler. And if it's not this year, I think down the line, I think this guy could have some sort of impact on the Broncos. He's going to play a role. Yeah, I think he just he takes the top off of an offense or off of a defense for an offense to, you know, make those high productive plays if you just need to take a shot at a moment's notice. Like, I kind of think he's almost like a, a smaller version of a young MVS to where, like, you're having him out there to cause... Like, kind of like a ruckus on the defense. Like, you know this guy's going to go out long, but where is this guy going to be? And well, the thing is, I don't want to cut you off you, either. No, I'm sorry. Good. But Russell Wilson has one of the best deep balls in the NFL. For sure, yeah. He almost, like, I don't think he's necessarily Tyler Lockett because I don't think he they share the same size or anything like that. Yep. But I think they share the same ability to stretch an, uh, stretch a defense. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's exactly what he uh, he's comfortable with, uh, Russell Wilson. But I will oppose you on this point. Jerry Judy does the same shit, kind of. Tim Patrick does the same shit, and he's taller. Nah, dude. Tim Patrick isn't fast enough to be a burner on that offense. I don't Tim Patrick historically has been a burner. I think he's more of like a size guy. I feel like he's more of like an Alan Lazard, honestly. Tim Patrick is 6'4 and ran a 4'4". I mean, yeah, like that's dank, but I mean... A 4-4 is really, really good for that size. Like, don't get me wrong. But I just feel like, in the grand scheme of things, like, I think K.J. Hamler, I think he ran, like, a sub-4-4. So, I just feel like he's more of, like, I don't know, like a threat that you can put out there. Obviously, Tim Patrick's going to be out there just about every down because they're going to probably have those big three out there. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy. But I just think that in the... If you're looking at, you know, throwing a fourth wide receiver out there, KJ Hamler, who I think, I think he ran a fucking like a four two, four two seven. I think. Yeah. Dude, like the guy fucking just burns, and so I think if you want to put like a premier threat out there, 
I think he kind of fills that role. Like, if you want him to do nothing else than just scare the defense and you can hit it every once in a while, he's kind of your guy for that, at least right now. And I think if if they're going to have those other beasts out there, he's going to have so many different mismatches on Mm -hmm. tight or on linebackers, on Mm -hmm. safeties. Mm -hmm. Like, you damn near have to fucking play prevent when KJ Hamler is out on that bitch. You want next year, the Denver Broncos are a team that you should want as many shares, as many pieces, as many players as you can get. I want every piece of the Denver Broncos that I can get my hands on in terms of fantasy football. 100%, man. I'm really excited about picking up Greg Dolchich. Greg Dolchich is going to be a beast and give him a year or two, and I think he's going to be an impact player for that team. Yeah, man. Every championship team kind of comes out of nowhere with like that uh, that rookie or someone that they, they kind of bring along. We talked about it. A couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. um, Greg Dolchich kind of seems to fit that mold. So I think so too, man. Yeah, I think he, I, I think it's kind of a broken record at this point, but I think he's going to be taking all of the Albert O shares away For by sure. the end of the season. End of the season ish, yeah, I could see that, bro. So there's someone who I'm kind of on the fence on right now. He's actually another uh, wide receiver drafter last year, Terrence Marshall, uh, down in Carolina. You know, I'm kind of on the fence about this guy. Like, he, at least at the Combine at Baylor, this guy fucking blew out the tracks. Like, this guy was dank. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, he comes into Carolina, and they're kind of just sputtering their fucking wheels right now. They have no traction doing anything. Fucking Matt Rule might be out after this year. Like, there's just a lot of turmoil, it seems like. Yeah. And... But the guy's still young. Like, that's the thing. Terrace Marshall, he's still young. Like I said, he's only had one year in the NFL. Yeah. But, like, he was not productive at all last year. And it seems like he had some decent opportunities to be productive. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Terrence Marshall? Am I am I kind of capping on this, or do you think I'm kind of in the right headspace? I think you are pretty much, pretty much in the right space with that. Terrence Marshall, there's a couple things about his profile that don't make me excited to get shares of him. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the Carolina Panthers quarterback play is just a... Trash. It's, it's just a, a, a wheel of death that almost feels like mm-hmm. there's somebody new in there every year. Matt Corral is the guy who's supposed to come in, and he could be an impact player. Matt Crow could very well be an impact player. Well, I don't think he's going to be an impact this year. I, at least, I don't know. Maybe not this year. Yeah, like, I don't think he's going to be anything that, like, people want him to be this year. I think Matt Darnold, or, I think Sam, Sam Darnold is going to be the the start of this year. Yeah. And, you're not wrong. Yeah, like, if, if that fucking, if he fumbles the bag again... I, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Corral is the quarterback by the end of the season. I think he has a decent upside. Mm-hmm. And the quarterback coaches that he's had in his past, I think, kind of, I don't know, maybe takes him to another level as far as, like, at least being uh, NFL ready. Yeah, I could see that. So, let's see what happens. I just don't know if all the arm talent is always there all the time. Like, I just don't know if he's very consistent. So... We'll see what happens, man, but I, I wish him the best of luck, and I think maybe mm-hmm. some NFL coaching and some NFL reps mm-hmm. maybe could get him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think Matt Corral, I think he's kind of – I think he's the starter in waiting, at least at this point, but well, don't press him too much. Regardless, I think he's better than Sam Darnold. You think going into day one this year, you think that 
Yeah, I don't think Sam Darnold's... I, I think Sam Darnold's probably a great person, but I don't think he's a great quarterback as of what I've seen from his play for, like, five years now. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't discredit that or anything that you're saying. One thing I mean... One thing that I could bring up or ask you your opinion on is what do you think his coaching has been like like the last, like, three It's been years? inconsistent. As, bro, it's been... Do you think that that's hindered not oh, necessarily yeah. his development? Oh, yeah. Because I feel like he, I feel like he is smart enough to understand shit. I think him. I just, I think him and Baker are both. What do you think? Well, so I think with the lackluster offensive line play that we've seen both on the Jets when he was there, and then when he transitioned to the Panthers, I think it's just as bad. And I think him being expected to be, like, this all-time quarterback that everyone is expecting of him because he came out of USC, mm-hmm. which I'm going to add right now, guys. A lot of quarterbacks that come out of USC are going to be bust. Like, I think you might have Carson Palmer. Wow. And that's really about it. So let's stop Mass piping Angeles. up. He was the fucking biggest bust I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. He had the fucking butt fumble, dude. How Mass the fuck do you go out and do shit like that? Nonetheless, I I digress. Hates USC, got you. Come on, guys, let's be real here. All right, I yeah, maybe fucking Matt Corral is starting by the end of this year, and maybe I'm wrong about Sam Darnold, but I just think if he had just a little bit more consistency, if he had a little bit better of an offensive line, if you don't give him Adam Gase and Matt Rula as his head coaches, the guy might actually be kind of productive. Mm-hmm. Like uh, halfway, I, halfway competent. I could be off the rails too. I could. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just the guy has some terrific arm talent at times. He has the balls to run out of the pocket and get extra yards when needed. Mm-hmm. It just seems like there's another half missing, and it could just be the coaching and the play calling. I think that to a certain extent, if you are. Who we think you are, you will prevail somewhat through that. Like, even with the coaching that Trevor Lawrence had last year, granted, mm-hmm. he threw a ton of picks. Yeah. But he looked competent. He looked like he had potential. Right. Um, and Sam Darnold doesn't necessarily always look like that. I'll we've been that given him, sure. like, it's not that he's a terrible quarterback, but to expect him to be a top-tier quarterback... Sure. I can't bless anybody with five years of just potential. No, you're not wrong. You got to show me something, like, for longer than a six-game period. That's fair. Yeah, I think kind of right now he's more or less, like, in that. I mean, you can't even give him the same credit as, like, a Nick Foles. But, like, he's kind of just, like, that guy that he's seen a shit ton of downs. He can can go out there. Or, so... I think his youth is kind of what gets... uh, what, I think what he has adds a, value. I think he has a good mix of that though. Like don't get me don't get me wrong. Like I don't think he's anywhere near to like as accredited or anything as Nick Foles was going in and obviously starting and mm-hmm. winning a Super Bowl for the fucking Eagles. Like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I think they're different. Mm-hmm. Completely different. I just think like at that time, like Nick Foles, like he didn't necessarily start anywhere, and he wasn't very productive. Yeah. But when he did go out and start for the Eagles, he was around like that four or five years. Like he did it a NFL. couple of times. Like he went out times. there and yeah, like he kind of sputtered his wheels a little bit. Like he was kind of productive. My man was a borderline starter for like two, three years. I mean, that's kind of where Sam Darnold is too. If he was on, if he was in the right situation. Yeah. So, nonetheless, like I, like I said, there's things that they do completely different and they aren't the same quarterback. 
But I just think like if he went somewhere with a good offensive line and good coaching, mm-hmm. I think it could be different. But it, I don't. It's fucking Sam Darnold. Like I said, I could be off the racks. Do you think it's funny that the Colts released Carson Wentz but then signed Nick Foles? No. No, I don't think so at all. Because if you looked at uh, Frank Wright, I mean, they were trying to get him, I guess, like last season as well. From oh, the, that's right. From the Jags. Yep. And so now that they're actually... Frank Wright's just giving all his quarterbacks play. Honestly, dude, he's just trying to he's live out that plugging, dream. Bro. Yeah, he's like... 2016, we need to recreate that at any means possible or whatever year it was. He's plugging. Yeah, man. I don't. I like it. I I think they could possibly go crazy. See some like see something come out of it. I don't think mm-hmm. it's gonna be a Super Bowl though. I don't. <laughs> I think I'm not ready to make my Super Bowl picks yet. Well, I think there was just a lot of a lot of special teams or a lot of special things for that Eagle team to go through that year mm-hmm. to come out champions, and I just don't know. If, I mean. Maybe at the end of the year, if uh, Matt Ryan tears his ACL after mm-hmm. possibly being a MVP like quarterback, and yeah, Nick Foles, Big Dick Richard Foles, just wow, steps in and uh, you know does the same shit again. Yeah, maybe we could be looking at history repeating itself, but I just don't see that happening. If I'm going to be realistic, interesting. Yeah, I guess we. I don't think Nick Foles is going to play the biggest role. Right. I think they brought in Matt Ryan for a reason. For sure. But he's a great backup, and he's somebody who can be competent. So. And he at least knows that offense. And, like, he can, <laughs> obviously, uh, Matt Ryan, um, everyone loves him. He's smart as a whip. I think Nick Foles can at least, like, help him, like, uh, understand the offense. Maybe, like, the terminology and shit a little easier. So, mm-hmm. I think that could be a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of relationships, I kind of want to talk about a person who... I might have to flip my, I don't want to say I've had a bias, but this has been a guy who I've never looked at as a potential, like, oh, you wide a receiver hater. one. Oh, you a hater. I never looked at him as a fantasy viable option, uh, but he's someone that's starting to get my attention, and after the draft, I think he got a lot of value. So you're up on this guy, you're saying? This guy is someone that I'm looking forward to watching, and if I can get my hands on him in Dynasty... If I can draft him late in fantasy or in redraft at a value, I'm probably going to get as much of that, you know, as, as you know, as I can get my hands on. Are you talking about Christian Kirk or who? I'm talking about Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers. Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers. Interesting. So if you follow us on social media, you know that we had a post about Alan Lazard and talked about... I talked about how I wasn't that big on his value where he was kind of being valued back in, let's say, February. Prior to the draft, prior to uh, Devontae Adams being traded away, wasn't a hot prospect for me. When Devontae Adams got traded away, he wasn't a hot prospect to me. I kind of figured they would draft someone in the draft, like most NFL teams do. In the first round, yeah. In the first round. They didn't do that. They didn't do none of that. They went defense. Twice. Twice in the first... They had two first-round picks and used both on defense. After Devontae Adams left to go to Las Vegas. Interesting, right? So we get to the second round. And they trade up. And they grab a receiver by the name of Christian Watson. Christian Watson. Christian Watson is around 6'3 or 6'4. He's a burner. 
He's going to burn you down the field. Uh, a lot of straight line speed. We're developing his route tree as we speak. But he's someone where uh, I don't know if he's going to get 100 catches first year. That's fair, man, yeah. I think 100 catches the first year, I think is, honestly, it's it's expecting a lot, especially him coming out of a North Dakota system like that, NDSU. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, they're, they're a big running school, and, like, they utilize the pass game to stretch the defense. That's where Trey Lance is from, too. Yeah, and so, obviously, he, he had good quarterback play for a couple years there. Uh, they are able to run the track and make it look beautiful and easy, but... That's kind of why I think it's going to – I think he's going to translate to the NFL just because when you look at what he had to do at NDSU, like blocking for the run, you know, having to burn down the field. Mm-hmm. They also utilized him in the backfield, like getting some of those uh, touch passes and shit. Mm-hmm. So, like, he has a lot of utilization that I think the Packers like. Yeah. And so, yeah, 100 passes this first year probably out of the picture. He's not Jalen Waddle. But if you were to look at maybe like 65, 75 catches this year, and then the year after. Even that feels a little high, though. I mean, to an extent, I I might be Jam- reaching. Last, last year, Jamar Chase had 85, and he had an amazing year. He did. So, 75 but is like... I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity out there. So, I mean, it might be on the lower end, like I said, of like the 65 range. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, dude, I think he's going to be utilized this year for sure. And I think... In all aspects, I think he is a, a fantasy prospect for sure that you have to have. That mm-hmm. being uh, Christian Watson and or yeah. Aaron Rodgers, the GOAT. If I, if I think back to last year, and I'm just pulling stats out of my ass, but uh, Devontae Smith has 64 catches in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I don't see Christian Watson being Devontae Smith good. I think that he has an amazing quarterback, but the quarterback is going to be looking more towards winning games and forcing the ball to, you know, the second-round receiver, who's our third draft pick, and will play a role in the offense, but is not ready to take that next step. I think Rodgers is going to just allow Jones and Dylan to run the ball a lot. I think that's why yeah. we have the both of them. And outside of that is whoever gets open, they get the ball. That's fair, but, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's unprecedented to see him go over I I think 65 is a good ceiling for him for sure like I think 65 catches this year I think is about normal because I think he's going to be the wide receiver two on this team going into week one I I truly do even with Sammy Watkins yeah I think so I personally do um so MVS had 26 catches last year he was also injured for like seven weeks of the season though Alan Lazard last year had 40 catches. Mm-hmm. But you have to think that was all with the presence of Devontae Adams, who probably had over 100 catches. So when you have to divide up those 100 catches, I just think if you're going to be adding it to someone, I think you got to go with the best target, which on that team at this point I think could be Christian Watson. You're calling Christian Watson a better target than Cobb, Lazard, yeah. Sammy Watkins, Robert Tanyan, Aaron yeah. Jones. Just because he got second round draft capital? I don't think Or do you think he's more talented than that? I guys? personally think that he's just at the end of the day, when you look at his skill set, I think he's the most talented of the bunch. He's not even the tallest out of the bunch. You don't have to be the tallest to be the most talented. Are you no, kidding I'm me? saying, I'm saying. So you're saying he has speed, which is his is that what you're referring well, to? He has speed, which is probably gonna be his forte here in the NFL. 
But I think once he actually learns these NFL schemes, once he gets through his first OTA in training camp, I think that this route tree that we're kind of shitting on is going to be expand immensely. And then I think once you add Aaron Rodgers into the picture and you have him helping this rookie dissect a defense rather than when you have Jalen Hurts helping Devontae Smith, who has no fucking clues going on to begin with. But they with. also, the Eagles ran the ball the second most in the NFL. So yeah, you can't but, say that he just got a bunch of volume. No, you're not wrong, but when you look at what the Packers are going to be doing this year, which it seems like it's going to be a lot of running back volume. Definitely. I think to think that um, Christian Watson can't see 65 catches this year, I think is I think is well within his range, personally. I don't know, man. Like, I... I just don't see how it's not. Like, if you have any sort of reason to think that the 125, 100, damn near probably 200 targets that Devontae Adams saw last year, that once you go out and spread those between a 18 or 17 game season, mm-hmm. how you don't think that this guy is going to be seeing that? I think. I just, I, go ahead, yeah. I think Lazard mans down the X position. Yes. I think Watkins is probably the other outside receiver just because of his experience, because of the fact that he's been in the NFL for seven years. No, he's not regularly healthy, but is he a talented receiver? For sure. And Rodgers probably played some part in him coming to Green Bay, so he's going to go ahead and make sure he gives him a fair shot. I think you see Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard line up outside, Tanyan as the tight end, and Randall Cobb is going to come in and play a slot work, and they're going to slot in Amari Rodgers, and Christian Watson will also rotate. Um, until there's an injury to Watkins or Lazard, I don't see Christian Watson getting regular play. I think that he'll get his packages, and he will be a great tool when utilized correctly. But I think that he's not going to get consistent play until the middle or end of the year because the Packers are a conservative enough offense to just run the ball, put Watson in on on blocking plays because of his size, advantage against most DBs, and then put him in for certain packages down the field where they need like an MVS-style burner. He's the fastest dude left in that receiver room. MVS was faster than Watson, but Watson is the fastest set of legs in the room, so he's going to get a lot of deep balls, and hopefully that can turn into fantasy production. But I don't think that he's going to see consistent work week in and week out because he doesn't. he's still developing his route tree like significantly. Like If you had to crack on one part of Christian Watson's game, it's the fact that he was somewhat of a one- or two-trick pony in college. It was you know deep fades and comeback routes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not wrong. A lot of his routes were kind of like from the same package and stuff at NDSU. But you have to think the majority of his work was coming off of a lot of like play action and stuff. And so when you're doing play action routes, like a lot of that stuff is developed to go deep. Like you're not really doing yeah. a lot of slants and stuff off of play action. I think Watkins and Lazard are still great for going deep, though, because Lazard has the size, and Watkins can be a burner if he needs to be. Like, that's a lot of his game is those deep catches. So, like, you have both sidelines manned. Watson's a great pickup, and he's going to eventually become the head of that passing game. I am just not so confident in saying that it's going to happen year one because it's never happened with any Packer receiver year one. Sure. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. It, it, it usually takes a wide receiver about a year or so to get acclimated to the Packers system. You're not wrong with them saying that. I just kind of think that this guy, in my opinion, I don't know, I kind of think he's the anomaly. I think that this guy, I I have all the, I don't know, man, like I'm high on this guy. Like, you were high on Trey Lance coming out of college. I'm you, so high on Trey Lance. And, and you didn't think anything of coming out of NDSU to be anything of the fact. No. But if you were to put Christian Watson on an Alabama, on a Ohio State team, like, he's a difference maker. He's, like we had said, 6'3", 6'4", runs under a 4'4". Like, this guy's a fucking freak. I think it, that's a somewhat similar comparison but I think the biggest difference is between quarterback and wide receiver. A wide receiver, when they play in uh, NDSU, when they play for some of those smaller schools, they are playing against cornerbacks who more than likely are not going to the next level. You know? Yeah, and you're not wrong. Yeah, like, so a lot of those plays where like we were watching highlights, watching tape, he's, he's burning the shit out of these guys, which... You're not wrong. You know, they're not his size or half his speed. So he has just an athletic ability there, which will help which will help him in the NFL and help him develop. That'll be a strong point of his. But with quarterback and you're playing those small conference schools, you see more success because at the core of being a good quarterback is your arm strength, is your accuracy, is your ability to read defenses and make the right pass. Right. You can still exhibit that and show that off. Kind of almost at any level. Like, you look at uh, Josh Allen. You look at Patrick Mahomes. Even though Texas Tech is a huge school in general, but that's yeah. not exactly like the fucking... NFL, like, but they're running the air raid down there, which you can... Yep. It exhibits his arm talent. Yep. You're not wrong. Yeah. But the one thing that got me over the edge with Watson at the end of the day, like, we keep talking about, you know, I like his pass, his uh, blocking ability... I really like what he does like at all facets of the game. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when he went to the Senior Bowl, and a lot of people were calling him the biggest winner out of everyone because of the work that he put down there. Or was and it, Go ahead, what? Or was it because they just have never seen him up front and close because they didn't go to NDSU to scout him? Well, that's why he's the biggest winner because a lot of people are like, oh, like this guy's cool, we watched some of his film. But once he got out in person, he got in front of these people... He looked like an NFL type talent. Like yeah. you're, they're probably like, oh, like he's gonna be like a skinny frame. He's six three, but once you get in front of people and you start showing motherfuckers up, mm-hmm. when you come out here and you're burning people from Alabama, Ohio State, you know all these schools that are supposedly be the best, and you're doing it at a um, a lower D one school at a FCS, yep. and you come to the Senior Bowl and you show off your shit. Mm-hmm. It gives me a little bit of props towards you. I mean, when you can go out there and you can kind of shut down the haters that think, oh, NDSU, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But he went out and showed out, bro. And so that's why I just give the guy a little bit more credit, I think. Yeah, deservedly so. I think that he's definitely an interesting prospect, and he's going to be an amazing player down the line. Yeah. I just think that the projection of saying he's going to have 65 catches for how many however many yards his rookie year with the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I I have no clue what the yards are going to be. Like, I just feel like... So, when they utilized MVS and they utilized Adams last year, 
they didn't necessarily utilize Adam too much with the touch pass out of the backfield, but they utilized MVS with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what um, I think that's what he's going to be doing a lot with. So the yardage to me, I'm not sure because he could be getting stuffed at the line of scrimmage a couple of those touch passes. Mm-hmm. But I think he is just kind of the most versatile out of all those receivers right now with his speed, size, blocking ability, etc. So I just think that's why he's going to be out there. Uh, you know, fucking, let's call it play one of the season yep. on offense. I think he's going to be out there. Let me ask you this. Outside of Green Bay, let's shift positions. For sure. Let's shift it from wide receiver to running back. Okay, I like that. How do you feel about Cam Akers, man? I like him a lot, man. I think coming, you know, him being on the Rams... Obviously, he came off a really bad injury, but seemed to have obviously bounced back perfectly. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you had him on your fantasy team last year, he showed a lot of value towards the end of the season. Yep. And, obviously, that translated into great postseason success for the Rams. Mm-hmm. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So, I think coming into week one next year, obviously, we know who's going to be RB1 for the Rams. I got to have this guy on my team, I feel like. I think it's just one of the most well-oiled uh, offenses out there. I think he's going to be a stud next year, man. You're going to get him for cheap. Yeah. There's a trend I'm starting to see in redraft leagues for next year. Oh, already? So I've done a couple of mock drafts. and okay. I'm noticing that a lot of like pretty decent running backs who maybe you don't love for Dynasty. And because they're on pass-heavy teams or what? Because of their situations. Like, let's take an Antonio Gibson. Okay. Antonio Gibson can still be a serviceable running back. He could be a pretty valid RB2 for you still in redraft. And Antonio Gibson can still be a pretty valuable RB2 for you in redraft. But the thing about his value uh, in Dynasty is because you have Brian Robinson there. You have him coming up on a contract year soon. Mm-hmm. You have J.D. McKissick there taking the pass and work. It, it's not something that you want to invest in long term. But in terms of just a redraft league, a one-year league, he has enough value to where you can go wide receiver heavy and go grab him as your RB1, RB2. Let there be one injury in the Washington backfield, and his value just kind of skyrockets. Let J.D. McKissick go down. Sure. The best-case scenario for Antonio Gibson is to steal work from J.D. McKissick. So you think getting more involved in the past game is better for him? If J.D. McKissick, I hope he stays healthy. Uh, but, you know, God forbid something were to happen and Antonio Gibson was to inherit his pass game work, because it's not going to be Brian Robinson. It's going to be Antonio Gibson who inherits the pass work if JD gets less snaps. Right. Then his value boosts up significantly. But what are your thoughts on, I mean, I doubt this would ever happen, but what if Jarrett Peterson came in and uh, stole those passing reps? That's not going to happen. I know it wouldn't happen. I just think it's kind of... That's uh, I can't even like I don't even know how to respond to that. Cause I no, know it's, it's just kind of funny because I think that's kind of like what we saw last year though. Mm-hmm. Like once uh, J D McKissick, I think he went down for a little bit. Like we did see Jarrett Peterson come in or whatever. Patterson, Patterson, Patterson. yeah, Jarrett Patterson come through. Yeah, and like he did get some of that receiving work, but now that they have Brian Robertson and mm-hmm. you know the rest of the bunch there, yeah, I just I don't see that happening again. Mm-hmm. But I just think it's kind of funny that. Yep. Even they brought him in last year to, you know, steal the workload from uh, Antonio Gibson rather than just give him the ball. 
Mm, yeah, I thought that was definitely interesting because just kind of sketch. Ron Rivera just hates AG, bro. I, it could be, bro. It could be. And now that he has his boy with uh, Brian Robertson, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of an afterthought. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know, bro. It's kind of sketch. You think so? A little bit, dude. Because like what you're saying before about, um, you know, Ron Rivera kind of taking a stand for his guys. Like, he wants players that he had drafted, that he has built these relationships with. Like, and obviously he's probably built some sort of relationship with Antonio Gibson over these years. Mm-hmm. But he didn't draft him. Like, mm-hmm. he was kind of an inherited a- asset. And I don't know if Ron Rivera can go over, look at the scouting report and all these stat sheets and say that Antonio Gibson has been this, like, you know, factor, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. And if he sees something with Brian Robertson coming out of Alabama that he thinks could translate better to his team, mm-hmm. obviously we could see uh, we could see a lesser role from Antonio Gibson this year and kind of a almost like a changing of the guard. I think. Really. I mean, so, why would why would you want to pay a running back going into next year? I mean, you probably shouldn't. Yeah, I think Antonio Gibson. If I'm not wrong, he's on his contract year, right? Yeah. So I think it's almost, no, he's not. I think it's next year. Interesting. I believe it's next year. Because 2019 backs like David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs are in their contract year. Yeah, and but he Gibson, was 2020? Gibson was 2020 okay. with Justin Jefferson and them. So he has about one year left. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, I mean, maybe he's not pinched right now as much as Josh Jacobs is with Zabir White. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, dude, like, I think it's obvious it, it has to be somewhat pressing or somewhat telling of what's going to be happening here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you look at the side or if you look at the measurables, um, Brian Robertson and Antonio Gibson, they're about the same back. Man, I gotta talk about Brian Robinson because he's gonna steal a lot of touchdown work down mm-hmm. low. He's gonna be kind of the bruiser back that you obviously don't want around your primary weapon, right? Um, but he's someone that is going to be relevant. He's going to play a role, and they're going to force him the ball. Yeah. Unless he has a fumble issues or something like that. AG had five fumbles last year. Yeah. And that wasn't great. So if Brian Robinson has a fumble issue, then yeah, he won't get work. If you can just avoid that. <laughs> but those fumbles last year from Gibson and his inability to kind of... Uh, be effective down low. I think even just be around, like be available, because he was always nicked up with something. Yeah. But I don't think that's his fault. Like, that's just the game of football. Right. But the coaching staff obviously thinks different. And when you have injuries plus fumbling issues, like they're bringing somebody in regardless because they either can't rely on you or they need to scare you back into production almost. Right. But kind of going off of that, there's one position. I don't even want to call them a player. But there's somebody that everyone should be looking at, especially in redraft leagues. Who's that? Uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense. Big shout out. Oh. The Ravens added Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Fuller, Marlon, Marlon Humphreys coming back from injury. Yep. Uh, Marcus Peters is coming back from injury. Yep. Uh, they got just, well, they have Harbaugh as their head coach too, who yep. always kind of just balls out with the D. Yeah. And they have a bunch of other guys like Patrick Queen. Uh, coming coming back next year, Josh Bynes, uh, Calais Campbell on the line, Michael Pierce at the tackle. 
They got a stacked ass team, man. They might have the best defense in the NFL. Well, I think Michael Pierce, I think he's actually coming over from a different team. I think he might be coming from the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. But nonetheless, they're adding to that defensive line group, which Michael Pierce can get yeah. pressure. Vikings, yeah. Michael Pierce can get pressure when he's healthy. Yep. And to think that those defensive backs that you had just named, that they can almost go into ball hawk mode. Bro, just that's crazy. think about that, bro. Like That's unreal, dude. Like That's a really, really good defense coming at you. Mark, Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller. I think they just need a little bit more edge work, honestly, if I'm going to be real with you. Yeah, I mean, and they got a bunch of guys, but their death at DB is insane. Like, I... I don't. That's like a LA Rams level defense, but they didn't have to pay the money for it. Like they brought in some free agents and stuff, but for the most part, I mean, those the guys are homegrown. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. They just draft well. Yeah, they know? do, especially on defense, dude. They have always drafted really, really well on defense, and I mean, kudos to them for doing so. I mean, shoot, like you look at that D back tree. I mean, you've had Rod Harrison, who obviously wasn't drafted from there, but like they. They've had literally, like, any sort of, like, good DB come through their system. Obviously, Ed Reed was a homegrown motherfucker from there. They're historically great at that at that game, at, at that defense, position, yeah. at that position of the field. Yeah, they're just great at defense, typically, dude. It's great. Man, I don't know. That was just something that I thought I had to bring up because it's going really under the radar. So, let me ask you a question. Like, if you want to split hairs and shit, and obviously, I, you might have a little bit of... You might have some sort of uh, prejudice towards us, but would you, would you rather have the Packers defense or the Ravens defense going into next year, I guess? Uh, Packers. Packers? Because we have Jair is the best player on both those defenses. Okay. We have the best player, and we have pretty good death. Across the board, we have Rashawn Gary who's starting to come into his own. Yep. Uh, we signed a bunch of we we have a bunch of good DBs now. We have Eric Stokes who we drafted last year. Yeah. We have uh, the guy we picked up off free Rasool agency, Douglas. Rasul Douglas, who ended up being a steal. Unreal. We had him come in, man. We got a great linebacking core. We got a pretty good D line. Yeah. We have another year in the Barry system. Yep. So I think that we are gonna kind of. Get after it. We had two first-round picks as well. Uh, we got a linebacker in the first round. And a defensive lineman, too. And a D-lineman. Both are going to get pass rush. Yeah, dude. Well, I think I mean, Quay Walker, the first pick that we had, the line, the linebacker, yeah. I think he's going to be so effective. And I think that motherfucker might have over, like, 80 to 90 tackles next year. Like, I think he's just going to be an instant impact. And then Devontae Wyatt, the lineman that we got. Mm-hmm. I think his, I think him and uh, Kenny Clark, I think those two alone could command like a two-man front, mm-hmm. and so I think that means that we could utilize our great our great defensive backs and our really good linebacking core that surprisingly we have now mm-hmm. to kind of you know dive back a little bit. You know maybe we could see Devontae Campbell get like two or three more picks this year. That'd be nice. Like I think that this I think that this defense is probably the best that the Packers have had since two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. And god damn it dude, it's exciting. Like it is. It's like the first time since two thousand ten that god damn like the defense just might be better than the offense. Like that wasn't that wasn't necessarily a thing going into two thousand ten. Yeah. And, yeah, dude, like, it was, 
it's been crazy, dude. I'm excited for this year for Defense sure. Defense wins championships, though. It does. It and truly does. The Ravens, obviously, are going to be a really talented uh, defense. But I think that with the way our offense is a little bit more efficient. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a two-time MVP at quarterback, back-to-back. Yeah, we don't have the turnovers they typically have. We usually don't have four or three and outs. We're a multifaceted team. I think that uh, that offenses are going to be forced when they play us, when they play our defense. Offenses are going to be in predicaments in which they got to play catch-up. Yeah, they need to score. And they need to score. There's you... a lot more pressure, and then they make a lot more dumb mistakes. Right. You know? So that's going to work in our favor in the turnover battle. And for fantasy football, at least, that's kind of where you get your points from. Yeah, man. So. Hey, so I let's walk it back a little bit. I have, like, one more sleeper I want to talk about. It's a wide receiver again. Okay. But this guy, because of all the offseason additions to this team, I think I'm kind of out on Denzel Mims. You're probably in the same boat, right? Mm, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I just think with them, obviously having uh, Elijah Moore on that team, they have um, Garrett Wilson that they just picked up in the first round who seems a lot more, I would say, assured than what Denzel Mims is. So I just, yeah, yeah, at this point, unless he ends up being like a sneaky good three on that team, I I don't really see him panning out at all. You don't think so? I don't like. I think he could just be kind of. He honestly might end up being like the next like Sammy Watkins, to where like he was drafted with first round material and everyone was high on him, and then like he kind of just goes out and like he's just like that burner that never stays healthy enough to actually produce and do shit for an offense. Yeah, I don't know. Like, am I wrong in like comparing so. those two? I don't think so. I uh, I think you have. I think you're valid. But I can't say I disagree. I don't know, man. Like, do you, do you see him going out next year for the Jets and actually producing when you have Elijah Moore, uh, CJ Uzama? You have those two running backs with Michael Carter and Brees Hall. You have Garrett Wilson. Like, don't you kind of think it's a little congested? You also have Corey Davis, I'm pretty sure, who is also on that team. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gets congested, dude. Like, I just don't know where he's going to fit. I th- I just don't think he's that great of a receiver anymore. And yeah. And he doesn't do anything that no one else in the offense already doesn't right. do. Like, right. he doesn't differentiate himself from the competition. Yeah, like, everyone they've drafted at that position basically fills the need that he was drafted Davis, for. Davis fills the size. Barrios is the slot possession guy. Garrett Wilson's the all-around pro. Wide receiver one profile. Elijah yeah. Moore is the elite slot deep downfield guy. Yeah. CJ Uzoma is more size. Like every facet of the receiver game is filled. So he's a uh, kind After of around. He's his profile fits more of like a Garrett Wilson, I guess, in the fact that he can be multifaceted to an extent. But that he was supposed to be like a prolific number one. Yeah, right? but he doesn't do anything like all that great. He doesn't do one particular thing at an elite level the way Garrett Wilson runs routes at an elite level. The way Garrett Wilson catches balls at an elite level. I mean, even the way that Garrett Wilson can even... Like, he's almost like Devontae Adams to where he can play any position at the wide... Like, anywhere, like, as a wide receiver. You can see him inside in the slot. You can see him outside as an X. 
Like, that man can literally do just about anything for you. Like, he did at Ohio State. Like, he was a, he was a slot before he was an ex. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is dank. Obviously, Chris Olave is awesome as well, who came from Ohio State. He probably helped him, you know, get a little bit of pressure off him, maybe. But nonetheless, dude, like, that's kind of what you have with, like, these uh, NFL offenses nowadays. And I think that that those two were able to work from that already. Mm-hmm. I think that it just shows the value that Garrett Wilson can can bring to an offense. Garrett Wilson's going to be a star, bro. He might be the best receiver this year. I I hope that's not the case just because I took Traylon Burks. <laughs> and I am really, really hoping that he ends up being the best wide receiver out of this draft. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, dude, I think that just about like all these first-round receivers that are getting taken, Cooking in this, uh, in like these rookie drafts, I think a lot of them have upside. I really do, unless like you end up like picking up someone absolutely stupid. Yeah, I I think. I mean, like, don't reach your people, guys. Please don't, bro. I'm gonna ask you something, man. What's I don't up? know if we talked about this last week or not. What's up? What were your thoughts on me taking James Cook in the first? Uh, it was a little bit of a stretch. But yeah. I think that if you have a running back needy team, then he fills the void. For sure, dude. I kind of thought the same as well. Like, obviously, this guy could end up coming through and not really doing much. And I could, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of fumble the bag. But at least, like, the way that I had my team, like, I have uh, Devin Singletary as yeah. well. So you have the Buffalo Bills backfield. I do. And that's what I'm kind of happy about. I almost had the trifecta with uh, J.D. McKissick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but who would have thought, like, if they would have even picked uh, mm-hmm. James Cook, if they would have got so, JD. regardless of what happens, you almost always have somebody who can slot in as a viable running back. I mean, like, that's that's kind of my vibe, bro. Like, I have if James Cook were to get hurt, Devin Singletary's value would go crazy. Yeah, you know, or if uh, Josh Jacobs gets hurt, I have Zemir White. White. Yeah, like I have, I think I have really, really good flexibility right now. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's definitely a blessing to have good quarterbacks or good running backs on your dynasty teams because that is the most important position and Facts. you can never have enough. Facts. So, hey, yo, we appreciate you guys for tapping in with us. Thank you for tapping in with um, another episode of Gumbo. Um, you know who we are by now. My name's Ja. I'm Dugo. Appreciate y'all again. You guys, uh, make sure to tap in. Get in a couple Twitter fights with us. Hit our grab. You guys know what all that's about. It's yeah. Hit us on Twitter at the Gumble Pot. Facts. Um, and follow us on Instagram. I think at the same same one. Yeah, Gumbo under slash Pod. Yep. You out there? So we appreciate y'all. We'll tap in with you next week. Uh, thank you for tapping in. I'm John. I'm Diva. We'll see you next week.